Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 141 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. What, Dree? You're what? But I said it in a Florence way. Audrey. 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 Okay. Audrey, like Audrey Hepburn, because I'm looking at her face. That's, All right, uh, that's Tam's cat's name. Just saying, so that's. Good I choice. know. <laughs> I also, I also thought of Tam when I said it. So you're welcome, Tam. I oh, miss Tam. you. And this episode is sponsored by Joey Macaluso. Thank you, Joey. Thanks, Thank Joey. You. Are you like Joey so- from Friends? Because that'd be cool. <laughs> Actually, his last okay. name makes me think of Makuza. True, that too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, So today we are discussing the second half of chapter 13 of Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, Detention with Dolores. So make sure that you have read the chapter in its entirety and (laughs) you're ready to meander your way through the details. But we have some really important weekly profit news for a member of our golden trio. Wait, before we go to this, I just have a question for people, like our listeners. I want to know, do you actually read the chapter before we talk about it? That's or do you just question. like to listen to us? Yeah. Just curious. I'd like I know to some know too. I know some people have said that they, they do so that everybody in the chat's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rely on us for accurate information. <laughs> I don't even know who Harry is. No, He's we a wizard. know who Harry is. We don't know what a wizard but, like, is. Here's the thing. Existentially, do we know who Harry is? Does Harry know who Harry is? No. Probably not. <laughs> who are any of us? What's the weekly profit, Megan? This is big news, and I'm sad. I'm a sad no. Slytherin today. No, you, don't want to say you should not be sad. Because yeah, I'm sad for me. Sad? Why? Because it's over. I'm walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell them what the news is. Rupert Grint is going to be a dad. What? 
Rupert's gonna and be that's a dad. Exciting. It's super exciting. I know it is exciting, but I just you know Rupert was like my one true love for a long time. Mia, you're right. She should tell her wife that she loves her. You're correct. <laughs> Katie, I love you. Yeah, you know, I love you. Is Pansy pregnant? The woman who plays Pansy, I forget her name. Oh yeah, she is. Uh, and her father-in-law is Scarlett. Hugh Hefner. Scarlett something well scarlet hefner now but i don't know what her previous last name was but um yeah so rupert's longtime girlfriend of like over 10 years they've been together wow um is pregnant good for them yeah awesome a little ginger baby i hope that it's a boy and they name it ron oh yeah (laughs) i'm sure that's gonna happen ronald (laughs) dillius yeah that's hilarious. Can you imagine? I like if I was her, I'd be like, in all seriousness, like I really love the name Ronald. Like, I've had that name picked out since I was like a little babe girl. Like, I really want to go with Ronald just to see like him be like, no. <laughs> I bet they name it Victor. Oh my god. <laughs> Carly oh says Quarantina Grint. Oh no. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Love it. I'm excited for him, though. <clears throat> That's awesome. He's the first of the trio to be a parent. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Very cool. Very cool. I think he's also the oldest, isn't he? I don't know. Emma's our age. She's just... Um, her birthday's coming up, actually. Yeah, birthday's April. The of April. Why do I know that? <laughs> uh, why not? Dan might be the oldest. I think it was Dan, Rupert, Emma. But, yeah, still. I don't know. So, And then... Um, honestly until like 10 minutes ago I didn't have a weekly profit so I was just going to shout out some small shops because they need support right now Um, but that news dropped but that news dropped so now we get double weekly profit so um, I wanted to shout out Main Street Traveler she sent us those super cute house Mm -hmm. headbands and I'm obsessed with mine I have a ton of hers honestly like I have a Pooh Bear one she does a lot of (laughs) Disney and she has like a handful of Potter ones but I actually just got another Potter one I'm gonna show the girls through Skype but it's Marauder's Map so it's like footprints oh very cool um so she has Marauder's Map she has Deathly Hollows actually with like a little Deathly Hollows pattern all over it and then she has Uh, house ones I need that yeah they're cute I don't. Um, Meg says they're the most comfortable headbands. They are. Ever. They don't hurt my head, which is awesome. I need. I need to get yeah. the Deathly Hollows one, and then I can wear it when we're at the Wizarding World next. Yes. Yup. Yes. Also, which is hopefully in July. Yeah, yeah, she has the Gryffindor one. Um, and then I also have a Figment one for Disney, but I love her stuff. So it's Main Street Traveler. She's on Instagram, and it's just at Main Street Traveler. Um, and then also I wanted to shout out Counter Shading, which is our listener Lexi's shop. Lexi Just, she posts her stuff in the oh, group all the time. So I love it. She did our little Patronus paintings for us. So and she's Teddy been and Iggy. like, she, yeah, she did our commission Teddy and Iggy paintings. I love her stuff. But she recently put on. Um, that hasn't happened in a while. Hi, Fozzie. <laughs> hey, Fozzie. Um, <laughs> So she recently put on our group this beautiful Hogwarts banner that she made. And it was like sewn with like felt. 
and it's like a banner of each of the houses with the Hogwarts crest and she like has it on her mantle. She just like did it because she's stuck in the house and it was beautiful. And she did a couple of them. So she did that. She did a Buckbeak one that's really beautiful. What? Um, she did single house banners. So I wanted to shout her out because they're gorgeous and you should check her out on Etsy. It's counter shading. Um, Another one is Covered Under the Stairs, which is our very own Jess's shop. Uh, mm-hmm. Snape-loving Jess, love you. So Jess, you're the best. <laughs> she has a ton of really fun Harry Potter stuff on there. She does these beautiful illustrations on Harry Potter book pages, and she like does an illustration correlating to the page. And mm-hmm. she just released these new cross-stitch patterns that are Pokemon. They look so cool they're really cool i need yeah. you to go look at it like i i'm blown i can't wait to buy them i'm yeah. blown away katie loves cross-stitching so and that's I like right Pokemon. up her alley um <laughs> so hers is covered under the stairs and i'll put links in the show notes for all of these um and then lastly i wanted to shout out swish flick co who's another pin company similar to our buddies over at Odma and tweak um, but Swish Flick Co., first of all, shout out to them because they get emails sometimes from some of our listeners uh, and they forward them to us, like of people sending their fan stories, which is hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so thank you for always forwarding them to us. We appreciate it. But they make really awesome pins and she is currently working on a massive launch of Dumbledore themed pins and they're all quotes from Dumbledore. Tiffany. Yeah, they're really, really, ah! really beautiful. And she's doing a Kickstarter for it, actually, so you can get the pins discounted right now if you support her through Kickstarter before she gets them created. Um, So, yeah, they're really awesome. And then lastly, I just wanted to give – I know I said lastly with the last one, but this, I swear, is the last one. (laughs) I wanted to give you guys a reminder of some of the things that we have on our website. We've added a bunch of stuff and haven't really talked about it in a while. So Mm – we recently added joggers because some people requested those. So we so have joggers cool. live on our website. Um, we have an enamel pin that's live on the website. And also house bomber jackets, which are super <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm trying to think what else. We also, I mean, I don't know if I really like shouted out there that we have new house shirts as well, but we have... Um, We have new shirts for each of the houses with, like, Katie's drawings of the animals on the front. And then the back has a little phrase, like, ambitious, like a snake, uh, loyal like like a badger, badger, brave like a lion. I'm currently wearing mine. Yeah. I love them. Wise like an eagle. So, um. Wise like an eagle. (laughs) I want to fly away. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if, any, if anybody's interested in any of the merch, it is at swishflickcast.com. It's all so cute. It is. It's I all love so it. cute. It's did your boomer not boomers? <laughs> did you did the bomber jackets come in? Uh, it did never actually hit them? send on the order like I thought I uh, did. Oh my so, god! So yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not into that I'm not into that (laughs) don't worry don't worry they're coming also I added some trans pride stuff like blankets for trans pride and regular pride I love them oh no like I know I have a pride blanket but I think I need the trans pride blanket too I mean I love it it's right do we have have our um trans pride and the tumblers 
Um, in these? No, I don't no. think so. We should. We should. I also I lost my click one. I have no idea where the tumble. No, is. you didn't. It is at my home. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I'm two now, like, and I was oh like, my gosh. I was like, probably Sarah's. As a matter of fact, it is. Well, it is washed and ready for you. Right. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'll get it maybe in six months when we're allowed to be outside. <laughs> okay. Tiffany, give it to me. Give it to me, Tiffany. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's think... the recap. <laughs> re 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 <laughs> Thank you. That was an audible on my part. You're all welcome. I love it. It's a nice Thank wine glass, Tiffany. Inspiration. Bridgie made it for me. Um, I actually had her make that, so, like, oh. you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay, last time. Big surprise, people all over Hogwarts are whispering about Harry, and it's been, like, a couple hours, right? It already traveled that he had this big battle with Umbridge, um, and he landed himself detention for the rest of the week. Hermione tries to whip Fred and George into shape, not really working too well, <laughs> And she's also trying to trick the house elves with woolly bladders. We'll see how that goes <laughs> oh later on. God. And we left off with Harry arriving for his first attention with lovely Umbridge. Mm. And she is lovely. Mm. Sure. Lovely shade of <laughs> pink. Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so no. I think I'm going to do something different, guys. Instead okay. of telling you like summarizing the second half of this chapter i'm just going to kind of tell you what happens in the second part of this chapter okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so the quill that harry is given to write i must tell must not tell lies doesn't need ink because you know it just uses harry's blood to write the lines uh and you know he basically yeah he just has to write the message or write it until like the message sinks in you know, Angelina's not happy he's missing tryouts. His detentions keep getting worse because of the wound. Doesn't really get a chance to heal. Ron seems to be hiding something, uh, but just says he's hiding from his brothers, which is a lie. It turns out he's actually practicing so he can try out for the keeper position. Um, and then Harry kind of is forced, not forced, but like Ron finds out what's happening in Harry's detentions because Harry has to tell him because of his hand wound. And then during Friday detention, Harry writes lines while getting to keep an eye out for the tryouts. Oh! Oh. That's so dumb. Um, And then Ron makes the team. Hermione and Harry have a conversation. Hats are involved and he goes to bed. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. That was so, me not summarizing, but telling you what happened. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So where we left off in the last episode was Umbridge handed Harry a quill with an unusually sharp tip. And uh, now we get to find out what happens with that if you don't already know. Spoilers. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Umbridge tells Harry that she wants him to do lines. And the line that she wants Harry to write is, I must not tell lies. So, you know, right offhand, this doesn't seem too bad, right? Lines, whatever. Harry inquires about how many times he should write this. And Umbridge replies that he needs to write it as long as it takes it for the message to, like, sink in, you know? Go Um, ahead. 
even before knowing like what this quill is gonna do, like if you had to write the same line for like hours, it's gonna hurt your hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get a little hand cramp. Yep. What did they do before computers? I don't even know. Took breaks probably. <laughs> I just think of learned I, nothing. I don't know. Well, Tiffany won't know what I'm talking about, Sarah. I don't know if you've been on this ride, but I think about the scribes in the uh, Epcot ball ride, how they like are literally copying books for people to buy. They like wrote all out day all long. the pages. Man, Whoa. I could not do that job. Yikes. Hard no. Hand well, cramp. think like way, way back in the day, like if you um like the Book of Cows, like not only like is that written out, but like all of those um pages have like beautiful artwork people did too yeah well i mean literally everything until gutenberg made the printing press you know gutenberg (laughs) Gutenberg. cheers to gutenberg cheers gutenberg you are the pressing dude right pressing topic pressing dude it's gutenberg cheers cheers to you buddy i said that she's sickening because she says this sweetly to him she's getting so much enjoyment out of this and it's It's not even started yet so umbridge goes off to grade essays and harry goes to get started on writing his lines but he realizes that he is missing ink quote oh you won't need ink said professor umbridge with with the merest suggestion of a laugh in her voice once again once again, she's laughing about the way that she is going to be torturing him, which is sickening. I just struggle. I'm sorry, Sarah, go ahead. You go ahead. No, you can say whatever you want to say. I was just going to say, I just struggle with like the whole idea that this is happening at Hogwarts. Like, I get that like mm-hmm. Dumbledore doesn't know, but like Dumbledore knows everything. How can he how can he let this slip past him? I cannot comprehend and like i'm not putting the blame on dumbledore in by any means so like nobody think that but like it's just shocking to me that this got past him and that there wasn't anything to be done about this literal like barbaric torture detention that she puts him through it is disgusting it makes me so angry i'm gonna give you a little bit of a headcanon here i before you Okay, go ahead. Say what I wanted to say. Sure. All I wanted to say was, did it ever occur to him that this could have been a pen? Like, where's my ink? Ballpoint pens are a thing. (laughs) True. (laughs) But, you know, Hogwarts, not a thing. Um, so I kind of have, I'm kind of under the impression, I mean, there's literally no way for Dumbledore to know this. Right. She's, I guarantee she came to Hogwarts with the idea in mind that this was going to be used for Harry Potter. Well, also, it says, like, it, she, doesn't she describe it as, like, a very special pen or, or quill that's, like, hers, like, mine? So yeah. I even wonder if, like, she, she made it, I believe. kind of, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and he probably wasn't the first one to use it. And we know that she... Like, if she could produce a Patronus and her Patronus, like, her happy memories are being horrible and treating people like this because she's getting off on, she's saying things sweetly to him. She's enjoying the fact that he's going to hurt himself in about two seconds when he starts writing. Um, And even at the end of the chapter, when 
his hand like is hurting because there's an open wound on it and she's like he can tell that she's happy about it so she's probably used it on other people i wonder um, and i lost my train of thought i don't know i don't know but like i don't know it's just messed up it's just messed up like who at the ministry could she have used something like that on that makes yeah. sense you know it's i i'm sure she went with the um the goal of getting Harry into trouble because mm-hmm. she provokes him. She, she, she knows what she's doing. Um, she's had time to think about this and she knows what's going to get him. I mean, in my mind, I think she went, went there with this for him yeah. and maybe for anybody who's in cahoots with him. Yeah, I do. Um, like almost, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I, the one thing I do like about the movies is that they have that scene where everybody in Dumbledore's army is writing with that quill. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a movieism that I actually like mm-hmm. um, because it shows kind of what you're saying, Tiffany, where it's like she brought this with the intention of using it against anybody that was with Harry or Dumbledore. Yeah. I, I bet Fudge and her said do whatever you can do to get him in trouble, to provoke him, to get him kicked out of Hogwarts. Yeah. Because that was their goal anyway. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Good point. I think that, like, she brought brought the quill thinking, I'm definitely going to make him use this somehow, but anybody else, it's just, like, a bonus for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder what she does with that parchment. Sorry. Hangs it up I thought of that, too. Behind yeah. her Technicolor cats. Ugh. <laughs> um Vinny, you say in the in our Discord chat, um, if you don't already know our patrons are in the Discord chat talking to us. Vinny says I don't think Fudge is that smart, but Dolores is. Dolores is. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this Maybe is he Dolores. just gave and I think too, like you see along the way that he's given her like complete control. Where like before mm-hmm. Dumbledore had it when they he trusted him in a way and now all of these things are happening so now Dolores is the new person where like you can have complete control like uh uh like she'll come back and be like I need this and he's just will sign it you know what I mean kind of thing like do whatever you want yeah that make sense mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think Free, and right. I, you know I said this in the last episode too like I think Fudge is really naive to a lot of things that Umbridge ends up doing and I think that Correct. had he been in the loop on a lot of that was happening, even he isn't that cruel to allow a lot of the things that she does through. But I think that he doesn't have enough of a backbone to do. Like, I think that she would she would manipulate him to yeah. for oh, it to she, continue on. Oh, she's leading this whole thing. She's yeah. just, what I'm saying is yeah. like, if he found out, like if he found exactly what she was doing, and even if he wasn't okay with it, she would flip it into a way where like he has nothing but like he can't do anything but say like okay like I agree with you do that do it yeah um so back to the chapter (laughs) even though we were very on topic and I do want to point this out because we've been recording a lot over um Skype we're recording remotely if you hear delay and if you hear us talking over one another, it's because there is a delay yeah. in Skype. So I just want everybody to know that. But during this time, while we cannot be together, it's just the way that it's going to be. So we're trying to raise our hands as much as we can, but it's not going to always happen. Um, so if we start to talk over each other, we do try 
and stop. So we're trying to keep it like a normal flow of a conversation if we were in the same room, but it's really hard. So I just want to put that out there for everyone. Um, So Harry begins to write, and as he does so, he lets out a gasp of pain. The words that he had written appeared on the parchment in what looked to be shining red ink, but at the same time, the words also appeared on the back of Harry's right hand, cut into his skin like a scalpel would have. And just as soon as this happened, the skin healed over and his hand was smooth, but slightly redder. It's another movieism that it isn't it his left hand. Yeah. Yeah. That it comes out. Yeah. Cause but like, like, I like making a fist or whatever. Yeah. I like the way that it's done because you can tell that like, yeah, it's hurting him, but he's like, not even going to like do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Umbridge yeah. is like waiting for that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Hard no. Yeah. Quote. Harry looked around at Umbridge. She was watching him, her wide, toad-like mouth stretched in a smile. Yes? Nothing, said Harry quietly. And Harry goes back to his parchment. He writes it again. I must not tell lies. And again, the searing pain on the back of his hand. The words are there, and it immediately heals over again. Can you imagine? Like, I just want you to think about cutting yourself... And once it's healed, it's still tender, and then cutting yourself again. All I think about is an infection, man. But I guess yeah. in the wizarding world, they're not really worried about that, but painful. <laughs> yeah. It um, just reminds me of every time I get a paper cut. Oh. Yeah. I could, you can feel it, and I'm like, dude, ugh, go for it. Um, I think as well that this is another movieism that I like. This is going to be, this book is going to be me talking about the things I like about the Order of the Phoenix movie. So sorry, guys, for anybody that hates it. But I, I actually really liked how she looked at him when he said nothing. And then she said, that's right, Mr. Potter, because you know, you deserve to be punished. And I was like, oh, yeah, don't even. That is something she would say, like that was on par. Yeah, it was, it was great. Just gross. Yeah. I mean, sure. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this goes on and on and on as Harry writes on the parchment. And as soon as he um, realized this, it like clicked. This is not ink that he's writing with. He's writing with it with his own blood. Blood. I can't imagine blood. like having that like, oh my God. Like having that connection. I... I would mm. freak out. So would I. I would literally, honestly, if I was Harry, I probably would have like stood up and walked out and been like, "This is this is you're straight insane. Up cruelty. No way. Bye. Goodbye. I don't care what consequences come of this. Goodbye." And yeah. then I would. I like, don't know. I'm I'm with Harry. I would just do what I had to do, and I, I wouldn't say anything. I kind of am too because I have literally the same mindset as him. I'm not giving you the satisfaction of knowing that this mm-hmm. is bothering me in the slightest. So See, mm-hmm. he wrote so long that it was now dark outside. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't dare ask when he would be allowed to stop. But I also think that if he did ask, she would have most certainly extended the time of the detention. He didn't even check his watch. But I feel like it's ridiculous for her or any teacher to have them in detention for hours like that. That's insane. I go on a rant about it. Don't wait. 
Or don't worry. Don't wait. <laughs> don't wait. I'll do it right now. <laughs> no, but I, like, I, I guess my personality type, like, I would get the satisfaction of, like, getting her caught. You know what I mean? Like, that is where my satisfaction would come from. Instead of, like, putting up with it and being like, I'm not going to give her the satisfaction, I would get satisfaction out of being like, I'm going to Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall, like, I will let this be known across the board. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's, I guess that's the her, Hermione happened. in me. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. Do, that's just, that's how my brain works, where it's like, you guys can tell me that nothing would come of it, but let me tell you, I would guarantee that it would, and I would go through every channel possible to make sure that something did come of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my brain so. thinks... I just don't... I don't think that anything... Like, not to say anything wouldn't happen. I think that she would find a way to make whatever punishment it, next is going to be even worse. Yeah. Sure. Kate, what were you going to say? Sure. Uh, my Hufflepuff brain wants everything to be just and uh, fair. So the fact that that is literally so unfair, whether it's to me or another student, I feel like that needs to be stood up against. Yeah. Yeah. I get. I for seriously sure. understand. Whatever. I mean, they stand about. up to her in a different way down the yeah, road. Sure. Like mm-hmm. they. I mean, they still do it. It's just like in that moment, I would need like revenge stat. That's how yeah. I would feel <laughs> about yeah. it. Quote: He knew she was watching him for signs of weakness, and he was not going to show any. Not even if he had to sit here all night cutting open his own hand with this quill. And then I was thinking, um, there's a term for her. Um, the terms <laughs> sadism and masochism were both invented by Richard von Kraft Ebbing, who was a German psychiatrist. Um, he named sadism after the Marquise de Sade. I don't know how you say that. It's Mar- a French it's Marquis no- de Sade. Marquis de Sade, sure. A French nobleman who in the 18th century wrote many books, stories, and plays. What's the last name again, Sarah? Marquis de Sade. 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 Saad's books include many characters who find pleasure in cruelty, including torture and even murder. So that's her. So after what seemed like hours, Umbridge told Harry to come over so she could have a look at his hand. His hand was stinging painfully, and he saw that the skin on his hand had healed over, but it was raw. Red raw. Go for it. That just right there, like a person that finds pleasure in cruelty, including torture and even murder, I think is a big difference between her and Voldemort. Where like obviously we know he doesn't um, shy away from any of those things, but I think that he truly finds pleasure in power, and I just think that's a bigger difference between the two. Yeah, it's just it's a, a fair assessment. Talk about like you know who's worse. They're both yeah. they're, they're both terrible. They're, they're, they're both awful right in he their own ways. He definitely has his moments with like torture, though. Mm-hmm. But sure. it's, no, but it's not, not his. Doesn't. Yeah, but it's not his thing. Like it is Umbridge's. He's more so like, yeah. if I have to yeah. do this to get you yeah. to bend to yeah. me, I will. Yeah. But yeah, I mm-hmm. I feel like comparing them is like which rotten food is better. <laughs> Honestly, Voldemort <laughs> yeah. Voldemort doesn't have the time to be torturing people. He doesn't care. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like she, if like they were both. He wants to be the person in power, and if he has to do what he's holds, he has no problem after, you know, a day of monologuing about it. She just doesn't care about being in power more so than being able to do what she wants with the torturing and the, you know, 
being not nice to people. I'm not saying he doesn't like it. I'm not saying he doesn't like it. I just think he likes power more. Yeah. That's all. They're both gross, but we know this. So that should be the title. They're both gross. (laughs) I like it. As soon as Umbridge takes Harry's hand, he represses a shudder. And I said, same, Harry, same. Mm. She's not even touching me. Makes me sick. Tut, tut, I don't seem to have made much of an impression yet, she said, smiling. Well, we'll just have to try again tomorrow evening, won't we? You may go. What a grossy. Harry leaves without saying anything to her. And by this time, the school seems to be quite deserted. And it was surely past midnight he left at dinner that's insane (laughs) it's literally what seven hours he left at dinner at seven hours he left at dinner and it was nearly midnight he had to be there he had to be there at five o'clock that's seven over seven hours or at seven hours ridiculous he walks until he's sure that he wouldn't be heard by her, and then he breaks into a run all the way back to Gryffindor Tower. He had not done any of his homework. He skips breakfast the next morning to scribble down a couple of made-up dreams for divination, which was the first lesson of the day. He's surprised to find that Ron is up, and he's doing the same thing. And when Harry's like, dude, why didn't you do your homework last night? He muttered something about doing other stuff, which is why he didn't do it. Then they both head up to the North Tower together and discuss the detention. So, um, so I just wanted to touch on Harry, like, having to scramble to do his homework here for a second, because, like, honestly, that is just outrageous. I mean, you are setting this child up for failure, not only in your class, but in every other class that Mm -hmm. he is in. And that is no way that that's not punishment. That is just like, that's her goal though. I know. We talked talked about her wanting to get him kicked out. If he's not doing his homework, she thinks that all of this is going to add up, but guess what? Umbridge, you're forgetting something. It's the Potter effect. Nothing can happen. Nothing. (laughs) It's just so like how, like it just frustrates me. Cause like, how is a punishment like that? And you're right. It be I allowed. I wasn't necessarily thinking about the fact that like that is her end goal, but like that's beyond a punishment. Like that's not just a punishment for what he did. She doesn't care. That's the point. I know. <laughs> but like if you take if you take it out of this context, out of Harry Potter, like if that was my kid, and I get it, like it's a whole different situation. Heads would be rolling. Like oh it's yeah, it just like, infuriating. Um, my child it's a can school be... day, and you have yeah. him. Seven hours. And I'm yeah. sorry that I'm yelling. It's just ridiculous. And no one can find Megan out. And I are outraged. Because Harry won't say anything. I know. So there's nothing that anybody can do about it. Because if you don't tell someone, if you don't tell someone in charge, there's no way of them knowing and no change can happen. Yeah. But you know what also sucks, though? Like, think about people that, you know, Harry has a good rapport with both McGonagall and Dumbledore, but there's students in real life situations that don't have that kind of support. And right now Harry does feel like he doesn't have that support from Dumbledore because he's upset that he hasn't talked to him in months. But like, there are kids that like, don't feel like the people that are supposed to be the adults that they go to. Um, 
are going to help them. And then I just realized that like, I'm, I could be one of those. Like I could be, someone would come to me cause I'm an adult and that just weirds me out. That's how fast my brain works. Whoa. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. That's um, just ridiculous. I just don't like her and it's no. ridiculous. I mean, I could rant about her for days as Let's we not, are. Though, Cause that makes for a very repetitive episode. <laughs> uh, so she, you know, not only is he stuck in the same place for hours, which, like, is fine because the detention is a detention, but, like, isn't an hour enough. But he also now doesn't get back to his dorm until after midnight, which sets him up for failure in all of his other classes. And then as Ron asks him what he did for his detention, Harry literally hesitates before he says lines. And Ron's like, oh, that's not too bad then, eh? Like, if only he knew, right? I And I... And I'm watching some of the chat happening in Discord, mm. and I agree with a lot of what is being said. So, like, parts of this is, I think, Joe's way of saying, if you need help, say it. Make sure you speak up. If you need help and something is happening, like, don't be silent about it, because then nothing will change. Mm. And I also agree that this is probably... Joe's way of transitioning the series to a darker side. I know that that already happened, obviously, in four with like that last couple chapters with Voldemort and then Cedric. But like, this is more so bringing it to Hogwarts. And I think mm-hmm. that um, I, I just I agree with that, that I think that this is kind of like her way of of bringing that darkness into Hogwarts and setting us up for some unpleasant stuff to happen. Yeah. I think it's just kind of showing us that like every, everything else in Harry's life has been affected and his safe place has always been Hogwarts. And the second he even got there with yeah. Hagrid not being there and now Umbridge being there and all of these things happening, it's like even his safe place isn't safe anymore. Yeah. And like Vinny said, he's feeling more isolated. You know what I mean? Because it's not like the Hagrid. It's not like the Hagrid. It's not like the Hogwarts that he's used to. I almost feel like that makes this book one of the worst for me to read. Because Mm -hmm. while Deathly Hallows is obviously dark in many ways, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of, like, violence. And it's sad in those aspects. But what is so sad to me in this book is Harry's isolation and his happy place not being there anymore and his home not feeling like home and all of these things being taken from him. Um, and I feel like that is worse to read than the other things. Cause like you expect that in seven, they're going to war. They're doing these horrible things that they have to do to get the end goal that they need. But in this book, it's just like tearing Harry down. Yes. It's perfectly written. It is. It really it's a perfect, is. It's a perfectly written setup for it to feel real. We need to, as the reader, feel what Harry is feeling. There's a lot at stake. And, you know, this, it, it's, it's a challenge for him. And it's... I, don't like saying this it's conditioning him for what he is going to face right it is yeah it is which sucks but yeah because sometimes i feel that um harry doesn't react 
to outrageous things like a quote normal person would because of his trauma. Mm-hmm. And he's and already things, been through so much. I mean, think about how outraged the four of us are at this detention. And Harry tells his best friend in the world nothing. Right. I would, that's, but here's the thing: if I, that's huge. If, when I was in high school, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't tell them either. You know what I mean? Like I, I would suffer in silence until they absolutely got it out of me. But that's me. I would and that's tell. not always healthy, though. Let's right. take from this that you need to speak about how you're feeling. And um, sorry, O'Malley's, you tend to bottle things up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, always... you're not wrong. I don't think it's healthy at, at all. Yes. And I, I know I'm like the biggest person, not the biggest, but like I always try to preach to people. I'm like, you need to talk about things and like, it's okay. Like there's other people that might be going through it or like, and honestly, like, I have a lot of friends that, like, I'm the first person they'll come to to ask for advice or even, like, they want to vent and talk to me about whatever. And I was like, well, you got to talk to them. You got to do this or you got to do that. And I don't ever take my own advice. You're you're a do as like, I nobody, say, not as yeah. I do. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about my problems. Yes, we of do. Of course they do. So if you can take anything from I this small part. I like that Tiffany goes, yes, we do. And Megan's like, yes, they do. AKA, she doesn't want to talk to me about Oh, my, my God. That's not true. <laughs> they <laughs> are <laughs> <people. Yeah. laughs> Um, But, yeah, no, honestly, I, I think that what is so different about this book is that a lot of the a lot of the darkness happens right off the bat as opposed to the typical setup of the previous books where it was like, He's at the Dursleys and it sucks and then he's at school and then things gradually build and then it's super dark at the end. Whereas this one, it's kind of just like, bam, in your face, this book sucks. Not in like a bad way, like it's a great <laughs> book, but it just like the situation sucks immediately. And um, so I, yeah, I just, I feel for Harry here. So um, Ron then asks if he can go to Quidditch tryouts and Harry's like, uh, yeah, that's a hard no, basically. Um, so not only did Harry not have time for his divination homework in the morning, but he also had to give up his lunch to do his bow truckle drawing for care of magical creatures. And he got, right. I know. And he got even more homework and he saw no way that he was going to be able to do it tonight. Thanks to his second detention. And then, Angelina comes by and let me just say she's completely out of line here. I'm sure that we all know this, but she finds Harry and is just so angry at him about not trying to not being able to make tryouts on Friday. And she's like, I would expect people to have their priorities together, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, trust me, that is the first place Harry would love to be on Friday. Like, you should know that. (laughs) But... I just did something really dumb and thought I was t- talking into my microphone and I was talking into my metal straw. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, then they see Hermione after I don't know if Harry's with them. I can't remember if Harry's with them whenever he's doing the drawing but um, Hermione's there and she consoles Harry about his detention too being like it's only lines not a horrible punishment really and again Harry's just kind of like uh huh yeah. Um, 
And he's not really sure why he's not telling Ron and Hermione exactly what was happening in Umbridge, Umbridge's room. He only knew that he did not want to see their looks of horror. That would make the mm. whole thing seem worse and therefore more difficult to face. He also felt dimly that this was between himself and Umbridge, a private battle of wills, and he was not going to give her the satisfaction of hearing that he had complained about it. Um, which... That is definitely just his personality trait, and I understand why he feels that way, but I just need to say, don't do that, <laughs> please. <laughs> if you're ever in a situation like this, like, never feel like it's a battle of wills, and if you have an opportunity to get help with something, please get help. It's Yeah, don't not, be like me and Harry. It's not worth the trauma <laughs> in your life to to live through this with, like, by yourself nobody should go through something like this alone and i think that again as we were saying this is harry without even knowing it preparing himself for what he needs to do in deathly hollows and Mm -hmm. that's why he is the way that he is and uh just just know that it's not the best way to do things for your mental health so was him saying like that he just he doesn't want to deal with their looks of horror and like them freaking out because it might be like embarrassing it gives you Mm. the reality of how horrible it is that too and but like you need to talk man i feel like anybody in any situation like you need to talk because it makes it better it doesn't seem like it's going to because saying those words may even be harder than the thing you're facing at that time it's going to feel like that but you gotta talk yeah i know i feel like at this moment in time he's probably in his mind being like if I don't talk about it, maybe it's not really happening. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that's too, it's like mechanism. I don't want to have to listen to what they're gonna say. Meaning, like they're gonna try to give me advice. Um, talk to Dumbledore, and he already has a lot of feelings about that whole situation, anyways. Right. So he's like, "No, I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna talk to Dumbledore about it. He doesn't need to. Like, he's he doesn't need to be bothered by it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Kind of like a defense mechanism in that aspect. Yeah. It's moments like this where, like, I really, really wish Remus was still there as a teacher because, like, this could have been something that he would have felt comfortable going to Remus about. And absolutely, uh, yeah. I wish yeah. that he would have even written him. But I know she yeah. ends up like watching his mail so it's like whatever but because i know she's like thinks that he's communicating with sirius so my gosh you know and she messes with hedwig i know girl don't don't even get me started just wait just wait yes um what was i gonna say he could just be like dear wolfman (laughs) and she wouldn't know (laughs) just kidding you would call him whatever his name is Dear Romulus. Dear Romulus. Oh, my gosh. Um, Dear Wolf Wolf. Wolfie Dear Pooch. So Hermione then... They would be serious. Right, yeah. Hermione then asks Ron why he didn't get any of his homework done the following night either, and Ron was just like, I fancied a walk. What hey, is, Ron. What is he hiding? First of all, he's a horrible liar. Like, Harry, I don't think, is a good liar, but Ron's, like, a horrible liar. <laughs> so, uh... You just gotta make it believable. Right. Um, so his second detention was worse, if that was at all possible, because his wound was already irritated from the previous night, and he didn't make a peep the whole night again, and she again kept him there until past midnight. This is 14 hours of opening your hand and closing it, opening your hand and closing it. Right. 14 hours. 
And at this point, his <laughs> homework situation is just awful. It gives me anxiety yeah. thinking about it. I know. So I'm just going to read this little last bit from the chapter. His homework situation, however, was now desperate. And when he returned to the Gryffindor common room, he did not, though exhausted, go to bed, but opened his books and began Snape's Moonstone essay. It was half past two by the time he had finished it. He knew he had done a poor job, but there was no help for it. Unless he had something to give in, he would be in detention with Snape next. He then dashed off answers to the questions Professor McGonagall had set them, cobbled together something in the proper handling of bow truckles for Professor Grubbly Plank, and staggered up to bed where he fell fully clothed on top of the bed covers and fell asleep immediately. And I say, setting kids up for failure is not okay and soapbox. It's not okay. (laughs) I love you. I love you so much. Like, regardless of if he deserved whatever detention he got, which he didn't. He didn't. You can't jeopardize their education, you know? But she wants to oh, is what's I so frustrating. Oh. Like, I, like honestly, I wasn't thinking about that when I was doing my notes. And, like, that just makes it even worse because she's doing exactly what she wants to do. She's like, I need to set him up for failure because if he does not do well in OWL gear, what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. What's Nada. ridiculous is the amount, like, even if he had detention every day for a week, seven hours is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. what the heck? I just... Seven hours times no, five. There's no reason. Well, I think it started on a Tuesday, so really it was four days. Still. 28 hours. Still, I mean, yeah, it's not 28 well, hours of detention because yeah, he better. told the truth in her class, uh... They're attention-seeking lies, Meg. Oh, right, right. Evil, nasty, attention-seeking lies. So, clearly, um, I don't blame Harry, but he had never considered that he would hate a teacher more than Snape. But uh, (laughs) he admits to himself that he definitely found a contender, and he thinks she's evil. She's an evil, twisted, mad, old... But then his thoughts are cut short because he almost walks right into Ron, who's hiding behind a statue with his broomstick and I tried to look up the statue it's Lachlan the Lanky but there was no information on it which I was highly disappointed Aww, about man. I know I want to know who he is I bet you we could find enough and make a Felix Files out of it I think you're right we probably could but All it right. probably couldn't come out until next April 1st right <laughs> <laughs> accurate <laughs> so Ron looks super surprised that Harry's there and he tries to hide tries to hide his broomstick behind him um and Harry's like, what are you What are you doing up here? And Ron's like, oh, I was just hiding from Fred and George. They just walked past her with a bunch of first years. Like, I didn't want to really confront them again. Um, and Harry's like, well, why do you have your broom with you? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, so Ron says, well, well, okay, I'll tell you, but don't laugh, all right? And he says it all defensively, and he turns red. He said, I thought I'd try out for Gryffindor Keeper, and now I've got a decent broom. There, go on, laugh. I'm not laughing, said Harry. Ron blinked. It's a brilliant idea. It'd be really cool if you got on the team. I've never seen you play keeper. Are you good? I'm not bad, said Ron, who looked immensely relieved at Harry's reaction. Charlie, Fred, and George always made me keep for them when they were training during the holidays. So poor Ron. I don't... It's sad to me that he thinks Harry would make fun of him, but I guess it's like such a move for Ron. Like, he doesn't do these things. So for him to step out and be like, I'm going to try out for the team... 
I can see him just having that reaction, just being the younger brother. Yeah, he just feels like, oh like he's not the one that always has these things to announce in his family, you know? Right. So it's like, feels weird to him. Right. I just which feel is bad. I think, um, I think part of it, too, is that, like, he's so used to everybody in the family, like, making fun of everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, they do. Um, so. Like, think of what happened thinking, when... like, well, Harry's going to do the same thing. Think of what happened when he got his prefect badge, right? right like right. that's what he's thinking yeah. is going to happen. And I think this is something I can take for myself too, because my family is a family that like, and I say that, and I know you guys understand. Like we make fun of each other in the best way. Like that's what we do. Like we just crack jokes at each other. Me and Meg do that all the time. I always say if if I like you, I make fun of you. Exactly. <laughs> you must really love me. <laughs> but like that's the point, because I um one of my friends. I didn't realize that those jokes kind of wore on them. And, like, after a while, it was like they were kind of upset by some of the things I was saying. And, like, I meant absolutely zero malice. But you know what I mean? Like, it's funny how you don't think of those things. And this is kind of the same situation. Yeah. It's all down to love languages. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So little Juan Juan had been practicing every evening since Tuesday. Yes. Tiffany, do my Gryffindor jokes offend you? Oh my god! Yeah, actually. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'll stop. no, she's—they're not <laughs> jokes. It's true. No, I just—I just love you. Good. I know you really Gryffindor love me. Suck. I'm oh kidding. my god! <laughs> she's not kidding though. Jealousy is so so thick right now. Slytherins don't get jealous. We know that we're the best. You're already green with envy. Oh! (laughs) So, I think this is super smart. Ron had been trying to bewitch Quaffles to fly at him so that he could keep the goals. That's pretty sweet. Keep on keeping on. Right? He does admit, he's like, I don't really know if it's helping me at all. So, basically, um, Harry's like, so you've been, so were you practicing tonight? And Ron says, yeah, every night since Tuesday. And then he says, Fred and George are going to laugh themselves stupid when I turn up for tryouts. They haven't stopped taking the Mick out of me, Mickey out of me since I got prefect. So again, I just feel bad for Ron. Like, he just yeah. wants to he just wants to do this because, I don't know, it would be super cool to be part of a team, right? He loves Quidditch. Super cool. Super cool. I mean, like, good for him for building up the confidence, you know? Because, yeah, like, it's hard. Again, this is kind of like a callback to McGonagall telling Neville, just like in the last episode, that he's he could do fine in OWLs. He just needs confidence. Ron can do fine on a Quidditch team. He just needs confidence. Which we'll see later. It's all about confidence. When he plays games. Yeah. Spoiler, he's keeper. <laughs> so, why? I don't know why you just did that. <laughs> Sorry, because I'm know, a terrible person. You know what they say. Players, they're going to play. And haters, they're going to hate. Haters gonna Ballers, hate, 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 hate. I'm just gonna shake, gonna shake, call. shake, 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 shake it up. Shake no, off the quaffle. You did this last uh, time. That is not the song uh, we're singing. <laughs> I'm singing a better song. <laughs> Potatoes are gonna potate. Oh my god. Haters, they gonna tape. <laughs> and mashers, they gonna mash. Eaters, they're gonna eat. Oh, okay. And claws, they're gonna claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love you so i think it's All really right. sweet that harry says like he's like i wish i wish i could be there and ron agrees with him and harry goes to just like scratch his nose um 
and Ron catches sight of his hand, and Harry tries to, like, say it's nothing, like, it's just a cut, and Ron grabs his arm to look, and when he looks back at Harry, he looks sick. And Harry tells him the truth, finally. He's like, well, Ron told me what he was up to, so I should probably come clean about what's been going on. And Ron immediately is like, you need to tell McGonagall. And Harry says, no, right away. I'm not giving her the satisfaction of knowing she's got to me. Got to you? You can't let her get away with this. I don't know how much power McGonagall's got over her, said Harry. Dumbledore, then. Tell Dumbledore. No, said Harry flatly. Why not? He's got enough on his mind, said Harry, but that was not the true reason. He was not going to go to Dumbledore for help when Dumbledore hadn't spoken to him since June. I mean, fair. I bet you, do that you guys sucks. think that he would have gone to Hagrid? Yeah. Um, part of me does not part of me doesn't. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think that, like, part of him wanting to write to, like, Sirius is like, yes, I can tell someone so he gets a little bit off of his chest. Um, but, like, Sirius isn't there enough to, like, affect right. too much. You know what I mean? And I think that he'd also be, like, worried about, like, is Umbridge gonna, like, try to do something to Hagrid? Realistically, he could be, like, chewing, probably rip her arms off. Um, like a Wookiee? Like a Wookiee? Like a Wookiee? Like a Wookiee looking for a cookie. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so the next day, Harry still has, quote, a mountainous pile of homework, and he has another detention. Um, so, but I like this. So two things are sustaining him. One, it was almost the weekend. Preach, Harry. Preach. That was me all day today. <laughs> and two, he had a distant view of the Quidditch pitch where he sat in Umbridge's office. So positive um, thinking, right? So PMA all day, right? So positive he sees... mental attitude. Sorry, I keep <laughs> <you>. <laughs> PMA all day. Um, so he sees these as they're feeble rays of light, but he's grateful for anything that lightens up his darkness. He had never had a, fir- a worst first week at the at Hogwarts, so I think that's really important. Like, look at what Harry's going through right now, and he's trying to find that little shred of light, which you can do. Harry does that well, usually, I think. Mm-hmm. He struggles sometimes, but he gets Everybody there. does, but that's why you got people to push you up, you know? I still call back to the end of Order when he's thinking of that memory mm-hmm. of Hermione and Ron laughing, and it pulls him out of, like, that possession, basically. Right. <laughs> Especially after having a whole year where he didn't really treat them too well. He gets better later on, but you know what I mean? Like, it was a rough year. He got better. <laughs> so harry goes to his detention same stuff different day um but he does very sneakily scoot his chair just a little bit so he can get a good view out the window um it's a distant view and it's impossible to tell which little black figure is ron but at least he can sort of be a part of it so he starts writing and i this description just it really gets to me so the cut opened up again and began to bleed he's still writing It cuts deeper, and it's stinging. He's still writing and writing. Uh, Blood trickles down his wrist. (laughs) It's not okay. Um, So he keeps taking glances out the window whenever he thinks Umbridge is distracted, so he, like, listens to see, hear if she's, like, writing, or she opens a drawer, and he'll, like, sneak a glance. Uh, (laughs) Finally, Umbridge calls him to see if the message sunk in. Um, So I'm gonna read from the book, because poor Harry, uh... He's a little worried. 
She moved toward him, stretching out her short, bee-ringed fingers for his arm. And then, as she took hold of him to examine the words now cut into his skin, pain seared, not across the back of his hand, but across the scar on his forehead. Oh, really? Tiffany, sit down. At the same (laughs) time, he had a most peculiar sensation somewhere around his midriff. He wrenched his arm out of her grip and leapt to his feet, staring at her. She looked back at him, a smile stretching her wide, slack mouth. Yes, it hurts, doesn't it? She said softly. He did not answer. His heart was thumping very hard and fast. Was she talking about his hand, or did she know what he had just felt in his forehead? So she seems satisfied, says he can go. Harry leaves super fast. He's panicking. He's trying to tell himself to stay calm. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean what he thinks it means, because what is his pain in the scar mean? Like, Voldemort. Voldemort's near. Voldemort, something's going on with him. Um, Oh... Is it a Horcrux? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Tiffany's dying mm-hmm, over there. Mm-hmm. All uh, alone. Connections. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But why do you think it did? Because she's so evil? <laughs> what was Voldy doing? Yeah. Evil matches evil. No, Voldemort was probably feeling some type of way at that <laughs> moment. Right. But like, what a like, what perfect timing! Like, can we can we like call back to like what that moment could be right now? Oh. A quarrel. A quarrel. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to finish this book because it's been a minute. Uh, if wonder... anybody in Discord has any kind of ideas, I, it might be uh, just offhand, maybe just... interruptions. Oh, no. <laughs> no what if it's um death eaters coming back and talking about the situation with the giants so you guys don't think that there, there's any connection to umbridge at all with this it was just like happenstance that it happened whenever she looked at him i don't see how it could have any direct no i don't there's like... nothing to do with her with that what, to what me could it yeah if you have an argument please tell me because i don't know no I, I, just, I, don't... I don't know what the connection would be unless she's just like so evil the horcrux is like yes one like me you know <laughs> one like me I, well i okay anything it was that evil recognizes evil you know uh, right? okay so right? here is my like maybe teeny tiny little bit of a theory that tic-tac? i have tic tac theory so he was torturing wormtail <laughs> no. When does he? When does he not? Right. When does right. he not? I mean, it's a Friday night. That's how he spends it. Wormtail, come here. I want to crucial you. Oh, and he just got paid. My yeah. truth. No, but I just wonder if like that was the magic behind the quill. Like she keeps asking. Like, okay, hear no, me out. I'm sorry. It's not you. <laughs> it's Marty always says, "Do you want to know the science behind that?" And I just magic. thought, of, "Do you want to know the magic behind that?" <laughs> I just and Tiffany's always says no. I literally every time I'm like no, I really don't. <laughs> I just wonder if it's something to do like maybe he felt pain because the hor because like the quill quote sunk in enough to even cause pain to the Horcrux. Do you get what I'm saying? An evil quill striking into the evilness of the Horcrux. It's almost like because like it a was a nerve. You're hitting a nerve. Kind of, but like the nerve is the Horcrux. So like 
that's why the pain seared because she said she thinks that it sunk in enough and like it was so quote sunk in that it even affected the horcrux so like maybe voldemort even felt pain why does my hand hurt suddenly <laughs> why oh, does my here hand we go. hurt Rachel in the chat says in the next chapter, they find out the news and the warning about Sturgis Podmore trying to break into the ministry could be related uh, to this. Eric Munch. It is late. It is late. Eric Munch to the rescue. Woo! Munch, 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 Munch going to punch. Munch, Munch, Munch. Munch. I mean, to it, he took a celeb- celebrity, a uh, celebratory dinner to Sirius. Oh. I like what Morgan just said too. She said, "What if the Horcrux sensed danger to its container?" Quote: Ew. "Container being hairy." I don't know. Can that be a thing though? Like, does Maybe. it care? I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't think that Quill is anything that could destroy a Horcrux, though it is of her own making. So, what do I know? But like, if you it's think true. about it, I mean, did he scar hurt when he broke all of his bones in his arm? Well, and then it was disappeared. You know what I mean? Because that was danger to his container. But it wasn't I'm not trying to totally rip but it off, wasn't like, her... life threatening. <laughs> and like who knows what losing the actual losing the bones in your arm is not life threatening. I mean, sure, it's inconvenient. Neither is, is your writing with no, an open wound on your hand. But listen, what if what if the quill has more magical properties that we don't know about because Umbridge had him stop at a certain point, but who knows what the quill can actually do? I don't, I don't, I think that's super, uh, super stretch. That would actually be Mrs. Incredible. (laughs) That is is Mrs. Incredible. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I really like that theory, though. Like, I think you're wrong, Megan. I think you're wrong. It's a series (laughs) of theories. They're not right or wrong. Well, no, for sure. But like. (laughs) why it's i uh, okay so like i do like the potential theory about the whole sturgis podmore thing like that seems legit also that 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 i can get into also though like this is a dark object who knows what it can do i mean like i'm having a really hard time (laughs) describing things pertaining to umbridge without swearing but like who the heck knows what this little quill is actually about. Like, we only get a little tic-tac of information on it, and all we know is that it's umbrages, and it literally pulls blood from your hand and scars you. Like, if it does that, why couldn't it do more? So, like, if you think about all the Horcruxes and how we how they had to destroy them later in Seven, the Horcruxes do react to the item when you're trying to destroy it. Like, they try to get you to not destroy it. They literally manipulate you. Yeah. So, like, it's a stretch, but I don't know if it's that far of a stretch. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I'll do, sure. I'll, I'll do yoga with you. Sure. Let's okay. do it. Cool. No, <laughs> I won't. I won't, but that's fine. I mean, I don't watch, so, but I'll watch... I'll, I'll entertain it. distancing uh, length of a uh, whole leg away. Who does what now? What'd you say? Huh? Social distancing. I, I, that's how far away I'm going to be from oh, you. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? So you're only about? six feet away from me. Six feet away? I don't want to talk, like, I don't wanna talk about all that. This is my happy place. Get out of town. Let's talk about Umbridge. She's joyful. 
<laughs> is she? I mean, she's this, real happy right now. This episode's full of tangents. It's when are they It's not? been an hour. Let's go. Are we Let's ready go. for my second? Yeah, it's blue. Mimulus, Mimuldonia, Alakazam, Dibbity Duda, and voila! The door is open. There's a party in the common room. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Basically. <laughs> um, so Ron runs up to Harry. He's got a massive smile on his face. He's sipping on a butterbeer. Well, I mean, he's not really sipping on it because he's running. So it's spilling all over him <laughs> and out of his drink receptacle. Uh, and so my boy Ron has made the freaking team. Woo-hoo! Round of applause for Wan Wan. Yay! And Harry's response is, what? Oh, brilliant said harry trying to smile naturally while his heart continued to race and his hand throbbed and bled so he's still in that space of being horrified of his scar hurting of being near umbridge and his hand hurts and is still bleeding um but ron is very pleased with his life not with harry's situation and he gives harry a butterbeer he literally thrusts a bottle at him and then he um Kind of looks for Hermione, and then they find that she is asleep in the armchair near the fire with her drink close to tipping in her hand. Um, and he's kind of a little, he being Ron is a little put out that Hermione's sleeping, but he does say or note that she said she was pleased for him that he made the team. Um, and then George tries to tell him, or doesn't try, he tells him, like, oh, let her sleep, basically, so he and Fred can conduct some business without Hermione seeing it. Um, and I like completely forgot when reading this book that like the way that he gets on the Quidditch team is vastly different in the movies, like vastly different. I just completely forgot the whole thing. So um, right. I'm so inundated with the movies. Cause I was like, when did that happen? When did Hermione like jinx the thing? So like, what's his face? Couldn't do it. I don't know. What's craziness? You know, the one wizard guy. Right. <laughs> um, so, Yes. Angelina comes up to Harry once um, Ron is led away because they want to see if Oliver's old robes will fit him. And she kind of apologizes to him for being short with him. And she basically is like, this is like really stressful. And she kind of realizes that she should have and could have been nicer to um, Wood back when he was the captain. And I wanted to just read what she says. So she says, look, I know he's your best mate, but he's not fabulous. She said bluntly. I appreciate her being blunt. I think with a bit of training, he'll be all right, though. He comes from a good, a family of good Quidditch players. I'm baking on him turning out to have a bit more talent than he showed today, to be honest. Vicky Frobisher and Jeffrey Hooper both flew better this evening, but Hooper's a real whiner, <laughs> and he's always moaning about something or other, and Vicky's involved in all sorts of societies. She admitted herself that if training clashed with her charm club, she'd put charms first. Anyways... We're having a practice session at 2 o'clock tomorrow, so just make sure you're there this time. And do me a favor and help Ron as much as you can, okay? Um, and, like, I appreciate her, like, coming to Harry and being like, hey, he needs some practice. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I've said this about a bunch of other people, like Hagrid and Neville, a big part of Ron's, really his his character in general, but also, like, when he's going out to play Quidditch, like, He's just not confident enough in himself. And if he was, like, he's a great guy. You're a great Quidditch player. You have the the, the talent um, for the most part. So, like, just go out and play and you you can be great. 
um, he just doesn't realize that yet. So then Harry kind of goes to sit by Hermione, who's still snoozing in the chair. Um, He wakes her up, and she's like, just lets him know that she's like crazy tired because she was up knitting late, uh, like one o'clock in the morning, because all of the little bladder, woolly bladders that she's making are disappearing like mad. Um, And then Harry does notice that like, when he takes a look around the common room, he can see the little hats that she's knitted, knitted. They're all over the room, kind of concealed to where like elves might just pick them up, like not knowing what they're picking up. Um, and then they kind of discuss the possibility of the whole Umbridge situation being like quarrel situation. Cause he tells her about his, um, when he touched her and he, she's like, Oh, like, are you trying to think like, you know, Voldemort might be possessing her like he did Quirrell. Um, and he's like, well, it is a possibility. And so I'm going to read from the book again because I don't like to paraphrase what they're saying. And she goes, I suppose so, said Hermione, though she sounded unconvinced. But I don't think he can be possessing her the way he possessed Quirrell. I mean, he pro- he's properly alive now, isn't he? He's got his own body. He wouldn't need to share someone else's. He could have her under the Imperious curse, I suppose. Um, and so, you know, they're, he's kind of like contemplating like what that really means. You know what I mean? Um, and she kind of also points out that Harry's scar has hurt before without anybody touching him. Um, and you know, then she kind of asks him what happened and then he, all he answers is with the fact that she's evil and twisted. Um, and I think, I think Hermione, because like, obviously he knows he's seen Umbridge and what she's capable of. Um, and she only knows Umbridge in school and like the, the big speech she gave. So Hermione doesn't see her as evil and as twisted as Harry does. And she's like, well, she is horrible. Like I agree. Um, but you should probably tell Dumbledore that like your scar is hurting. Um, and then Harry's like, okay, so now in the span of like what, two, three days, both of his best friends have told him that he should tell Dumbledore and again, it's a no-go. He isn't going to bother him with that information. You know, it's been hurting on and off all summer. And, you know, it's just a little bit worse that night. Uh, and he's not going to do it. Mm. And Hermione's like, Dumbledore would probably want to be bothered with this information like that. Like, that's that's stuff that he would want to know. And I said, and she's right. He would like to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And he says, and I quote, Yeah, said Harry, before he could stop himself. That's the only bit of me Dumbledore cares about, isn't it? My scar. Oh, uh, Harry. No, I feel, my friend. I feel, I feel it's like <sighs> before this, like he hasn't talked to Dumbledore in months, and he's been near him, and he didn't say anything to him, not even like a hello. Um, and so that's got to be hurting Harry. Um, it just sucks. And so then he Harry's like, "Fine, I'll just write. I want to write, write a letter to Sirius and tell him about it." And Hermione's like, "Dude, you probably shouldn't be putting things like that in writing." Because you never know who's going to get their hands on the letter and who's going to read all the juicy details of your life. It's not a smart idea. Um, And we do see later on in this book that, like, um, Hedwig is injured because of the letter, like, he was sending. So someone is reading his mail. And, you know, with magic, it's easy to, especially, like, a kid writing something, you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to fake it so you don't know that someone's read your letter, basically. Um... And so, like, Harry's just, like, you know, he's annoyed and he's frustrated. 
really with like that evening and the situation he is and really his entire life right now because he's just it's just not good you know um so he gets up and he tells her he's gonna go to bed he's like can you just tell ron that i went to bed um and i'm gonna read from the book again because she's like oh no said hermione looking relieved if you're going that means i can go without being rude too i'm absolutely exhausted and i want to make some more hats tomorrow listen you can help me if you'd like it's quite fun i'm getting better i can do patterns and bobbles and all sorts of things now and harry's like no (laughs) he like tries to say in a way that he like doesn't want her to like know that he's like Probably, well, he probably wouldn't rather be in detention with Umbridge, but like, yeah, he probably would rather be like working with the Scroots than make Ugh. knitted hats for the house elves that don't want them. Um, the he's like, no, thanks, but no, I've got like homework and stuff tomorrow. I'm like really busy, um, and so then he kind of climbs the stairs and goes to bed. It's leaving a very, her. It's like a super awkward turtle moment, though, if I'm honest. A little bit. Yeah. Well, Hermione. It shouldn't have come as too much of a shock. She kind of should know that Harry is not like, yeah, let's do it. Especially with her whole SPEW thing. But, yeah. I mean, they are friends, so I guess maybe she was kind of just hoping that he would, I don't know, do it. Do it. Harry. Well, I disappoint you, Harry. That she, she's so gung-ho about it. Um, and she wants all of her friends to be gung-ho about it, even when they're like... It is... So fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they could have been more excited about it had she approached it a different way in the beginning. Well, they know it's not right, which is why they're like, ah, no. And they also they don't want in it. They could also be reining her in on this, though, you know, like. We can be with you on SPEW, but we need to go about it a different way. Megan, if I came up to you and you have your little spew thing, whatever you want your little platform to be, and I was like, I really think you should do it this way because it would kind of be better and trying to say it in like a nice way that they would probably try to say uh, it, you would have been hard no. It Don't depends. Even try to be like, mm. It depends. I think you'd be like Hermione and be like, I'm going to do it like this way because I know I'm right and go for it. And I'm not saying that's a bad, bad thing. Hermione literally. No, you wouldn't be. What's the word I'm looking for? Receptive. Receptive. Hermione literally shut Ron down when he said, you know, that's not the way you're tricking them, essentially. Um I don't think Megan would trick anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying she'd go like that. Ah, but like, wait a minute. What she? She just did a head nod. <laughs> See? Oh. I know what I'm like with with Megan, and they, she just would maybe not be super recept- receptive to constructive criticism. Like Hermione's not receptive to it yet. It depends on the situation. Yeah. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. True. It's true. Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say, so let's just go. (laughs) I was going to say something and I don't know. Oi. Lightning bolts? Sure. Okay. So the first up is from Vinny and he asks, is there any legitimate use for that quill? Yeah, to torture people. But what if you need to sign something in blood? Like you're making a pact with a mobster or like 
Ursula the Sea Witch. Yeah. And you gotta sign in blood. Or making a pact between besties. You guys don't know if we have our own umbrage quill that we've signed. I could see with that, our actually. <laughs> I also, like, this is, like, still super sadistic, though. But, like, can you imagine it being used in, like, prisons in some way? Like, you have to put your, like, prison number down and then that's how it, like, stays on you. Ooh. Oh, but it would be like a modified one because this one, like, would your skin would peel. Yeah. It just makes your hand say muggle. Ugh. Like um, what Bellatrix mud, does. Or mudblood like, or something. What if, so we know that, like, Grindelwald and Dumbly um, have a blood pact. Maybe it had to do with a quill. And that's. I don't know. TBD. Remember when I called? I was like, I bet you they've got a pact. What if he can't do it? And then it turned out to be right. And I literally was like, I'm the greatest. (laughs) Wait, what? I said that in one of our earlier episodes before we watched the second movie, I said, I'm like, I wonder, like, if Dumbledore's saying he can't because he literally can't. The blood pact. What if they have a pact or something? Yeah. And I was right. Yeah, great, Sarah. You're so cool. Thanks. I am. <laughs> okay, next question comes from Rachel, and she says, what would you make someone do for detention if you were a teacher? Do we play board games? <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, I just make them sit there. That's all I ever had to do. Yeah. You sit there for an hour and do nothing. I my knickknacks. You know what I mean? Like if I had a shelf full of like little tiny annoying things to dust. Yeah. Like like you're dusting at the muck. Do my dishes. I think the one detention I had in like fifth grade, I had to clean the desks in the classroom or something like that. And it was like 30 minutes. And once I was done, I was done. makes me do that. She's literally not lying. I make her clean desks at the end of every school year. I make her peel tape off desks. Yes. Um, I don't. I didn't have a lot of detentions because I was a good kid. I did have one because I didn't bring my recorder to class. I also didn't like my music teacher, so she made me stay after school, um, and play my recorder for like an hour, thirty minutes, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was dumb. I didn't care for her. First detention I ever got, playing my trumpet out the window. <laughs> <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you have to do? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't, like, I might have had, like, maybe three in my life, and that was the only one I remember. I honestly think I had, like, three, and they were all in elementary school for, like, yeah. super dumb kid stuff. Yeah, same. But I deserved it. <laughs> I would like to say that I didn't. I never did. I only ever had one violation (laughs) in high school. And I almost had perfect attendance, I think, my junior year. It was either my sophomore or junior year. I missed one day. I almost had perfect attendance. Because all you needed for perfect attendance was to be in homeroom, like, after your three classes or whatever. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because if you made it to that, then you were in attendance for, like, you could even, not that you would skip, like, say you had a doctor's appointment or whatever in the afternoon, but you were counted that day. Um, so the next question is from Isaiah, and he asks, why do you think Hermione didn't say anything? I personally think she just respected Harry's wishes to not say something. Preach. It's not her, it's Hi. not her story to tell. I wonder if she's just going off of like how he felt about the whole broom situation from yeah um, three 
Yeah, from yeah. three, where like she's been through that, and she's two years older now, and she's just you know it's not like literally it's not her story to tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. she uh, she definitely felt that one from Harry for a while. So <laughs> yeah, um, do you agree? You're being quiet. I'm sorry. I don't want to skip over you, Katie. No, you're good. Yes, I agree. Um, Tessa <laughs> asks, what else would Umbridge have tried to get to Harry? Have what to get to Harry? Like, what else would she have tried to do to get to him? Like, you know, like... An, like Go after him. his friends. Go after Hermione and Ron in some kind of way. Yeah. For the sure. The book, man. The whole book. I mean, she already tried to go after... She already literally tried to deny Gryffindor their Quidditch team back, but McGonagall stepped in, which is why she got high inquisitor so she's already trying to take apart his life but like let's talk about this so you immediately give the slytherin team like their thing what is the point of having it if you don't have someone else to play against like that makes no sense we'll have one quidditch team so they're just gonna fly around the pitch she would have given ravenclaw and hufflepuff their teams okay but like that's it's unbalanced it's just she's just dumb there's the only rhyme or reason to this you all have to remember is she's doing this to take out Harry Potter. It doesn't mean <laughs> I have to like it. No, but you just have to understand that none of this is going to make any kind of sense. <laughs> all right. Terrible. She's crazy. She's nuts. Next question comes from Emily and she asks if Emily. you had a Horcrux and say it was a carrot. And you cut it in half with a regular okay. non-basilisk venom impregnated knife. Would okay. you have two horcruxes or would it just not cut? I don't think it would cut. It wouldn't cut. I don't think it would cut either. It'd be like, nope, nope, I'm a whole carrot. Don't touch me. Uh, I'm having flashbacks to tomato sauce. Yep, yep. <laughs> now we've ventured into carrots. Um. Yeah, no, it's, it's yank, yank cutting that carrot. Rachel asked, I don't think it would rot. No. Rachel asked, what if you eat it? Oh, maybe it would break the I don't think you would it. eat it. I would agree. Can't I break don't it. Think it you could. It would go it would go horizontal in your throat and, and like you, a cartoon. You, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> no, what if it was you something make it. What if it was something so small you could swallow it whole? What would happen to you? Then you it wouldn't digest and you would poop it out. I but I think that Whoa. you would be like, you know <laughs> how they box. get when they're wearing the locket? They would get like that yeah. until it passed through. Agreed. It could mess mm-hmm. you up. Maybe you'd have stomach issues, like intestinal issues until it came out. Maybe. You There's know? a lot happening. Like you would have a very upset stomach. It'd be like Taco Bell, but Horcrux style. Oh my God. Whoa. I'm just and kidding. Not <laughs> I don't have trouble with Taco Bell. I don't either. Um, I just like the stereotype. Um, next question comes from Jillian, and she says, would you go to McGonagall or Dumbledore or anybody else? If there was another Probably. teacher, who would you go to? If nothing would, else, would. I'd go to my friends. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, yeah. I could see why Harry didn't, because we're mm-hmm. talking about Harry. But, As I know. said, I wouldn't go to anybody. I would just I, suffer in silence. I would. Like, I wouldn't even make sure I have, like, long sleeves on so I could hide my hands. So, like. I wouldn't do anything for in, a, in front of Umbridge or around her at all. But I would do something behind her back. Okay. Sorry, Dead that was air. a long pause. Um, 
Molly Ray asks, do you think if a different Quidditch position was open like Chaser, would Ron have tried out for it? Or was he set on being a keeper? That's a good question. I, think I mean, he wanted to be on the team. Yeah, I think he'd try out for any of the positions except for Seeker, but that yeah. would never be open. But he, if, if it was, I don't think he would. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Vinny asks, what the heck was Ron doing behind the statue? <laughs> I think he saw Harry He was coming. hiding. Yeah. He was whispering to his broom, we can do this. We yes! can do this. His broom's name was um, Bronson, and he was like, Bronson, we got this. Bronson the clean sweeps seven. Yeah. Bronson the broomstick. <laughs> uh, Morgan asks have you ever been a little over the top passionate about something that you may have accidentally marginalized hurt offended someone like with Hermione or Angelina oh, wow. oh yeah I have I don't yeah. know um I don't know I don't I don't think I have because I'm a pretty like um um like relaxed person when it comes to stuff like that I think I just get I don't really overly... talk about my opinions. I don't know. I think I just get overly excited about anything in life, but like it's like things like pizza and like my cat being cute. So I don't think I do anything that like is offensive, but I don't know. I actually fully relate to what Vinny just said. I've offended dumb people. <laughs> I think well, I think for me like it's just so I I'm, um, it's easy for me to, like, think of, like, how other people would view a situation, so I can view it from, like, different angles, so I'm just, like, if something is said or whatever, I can try to, so I'm not offending, I don't know, I'm sure I, I have offended honestly, people. honestly, like, but... when I have offended people, it's just because, and, like, I don't want this to come off in the wrong way, but, like, honestly, it's because they're uneducated about a topic that I'm, discuss- that I'm like, discussing with them, like, whatever that topic may be. That's fair. Most of the time it's politically charged, if I'm being honest, but, like, I feel like they're just not um, as educated about it. Like, they haven't done the research that, like, I have, so they don't really know, so so they get offended because of what I'm saying, because they don't understand it, you know? That's usually when it happens, so. Um, If I have, I, 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 I can't think of a time. Yeah, I can't. I just try not to be like, not to say anybody on this podcast is a judgy person like that. I just try not to, like, you know what I mean? Like, offend someone by, like, being, I don't know. If that makes any sense, like, I just try to go go with the flow. I can all get along. I super relate to what Stefana Holmes just said. I literally bend over backwards not to offend people. That is me. Yeah. I just, like, I guess it's just because I'm super passionate about topics where, like, it's not like mm. I aim to offend anybody. I'm just aiming to help you understand, but then You're they get voice. but then they get offended because they don't understand. I will say what I do do that I do don't know if do. I would say get, that people get offended, they might get mad at me. I could be super honest and it might become like mean, but I'm just the way so that's one way I try to be a better person is like I'm going to be honest with you and now we'll try not to say it in a super blunt way that will make you mad, but like Try and have a different honesty, tone. Honesty is the best policy. So, like, I guess I'm that's tell really you what I'm. Could be mad where I'm at too. Like, I'm just being honest with you. Like this. Like people are like, "That's your opinion," and I'm like, "But it, but it's facts." 
But like <laughs> the thing, the thing with being truthful, though, like yeah, it can be a double-edged sword and all of those things. But like, the truth is always going to come out. Like, there's yeah. never been a situation in my life that I like the truth has not come out. Um, I guess maybe I could offend people with the fitness aspect of my life. Like if I if they ask me for me for advice and I tell them straight up what they should be doing and tell them what they're currently doing is incorrect that could maybe hurt people because uh you know i mean it's it's hard to take stuff like that you know so maybe that way i was offended when you told me to only eat one piece of chocolate before we started recording so i was also offended (laughs) on her behalf guess how much i guess how much i care (laughs) i ate two They're just wee little eggs. They're just wee You're little eggs. It. Wee little Hershey eggs. Are they? Oh, they're Hershey. Get out of here. Get the Dove ones, man. No, oh, man. Mallies. Well, I had. I can't get Mallies right now. So, so okay. Last question <laughs> comes from Harry Potter nerd. Would you help Herm with hats for elves or go no. to Umbridge? I wouldn't go to. Umbridge oh, if I had to do either anything. one. Yeah, I don't think that I would do either. Yeah, can I like not? I would make hats, but then be like, yeah, I set them out, but I didn't. Can I just <laughs> yeah. by the fire and call Katie, it a day? You would lie? Yeah. <gasps> no, I would probably just I know, it. you'd be like, no, I just, I can't. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. Don't make me do it. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Bring it. What lines would you have Harry write instead of I must not tell lies? I must always tell the truth. I'm super awesome. <laughs> I am super Katie, awesome. I was going to say that um, I am the greatest. <laughs> Sasa is the greatest. I would have him write um, Voldemort forever. For Voldemort yeah. and Valor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> For the greater good. Oh gosh. Awesome. Alright, any more questions, guys? Any more questions? We move on to the fan. Story. I go to the fan story. This one comes from Carly Ferguson. Carly! Carly! What up? Hello, ladies. My name is Carly. I've been an avid listener for about two months. It's currently July 2019, and I'm almost completely caught up. <laughs> so, a lot longer than that. <laughs> I've been wanting to write since I first started listening, but I've been... I've been a little hesitant. My story sounds less interesting putting it into writing, but here we go. I highly doubt that, ma'am, so let's watch (laughs) you prove yourself wrong. In 1998, my dad heard an interview on NPR with a then-little-known author named J.K. Rowling. She was talking about her book series. Dad was so enthralled with the interview, he went and bought two copies of the first book. He brought them home and gave one to me and the other to my sibling. At the time, I was just five years old, so dad and I read a chapter a night. My sibling finished well before I did and was able to secure a copy of the second book before I was even halfway done with the first. Seeing as they were nine at the time, that makes more sense. We yeah. grew up with Potter in the household, and it was such a strong bond that we had with our dad. And what to- a great dad. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but that's a good dad. No, you're totally fine. Ugh. Um, in 2001, my parents got divorced. I felt a part of my heart leave the house with my dad. We were still able to see him frequently, but there was always a hole in the evenings when we weren't able to sit on the bed and read a chapter together. 
I dove into the series again over and over to help with my anxiety. My dad always took us to the movies the day they came out, and we always had fun picking our favorite parts of the movie on the drive home. Dad even let me take a summer project to clean out the closet under the stairs at his house so I could have a cool clubhouse place to hang out and read Harry Potter. I really think he just wanted to clean out the closet. That's hilarious. (laughs) Dude, that is me as a parent. That's amazing. Harry has been there for me in times of despair and times of happiness. He and the trio have helped me through the deaths of both my grandmothers. I was reading Prisoner of Azkaban when my dad's mom was in the hospital. I got to Professor Trelawney's prediction to Lavender about the things she was dreading would happen on Friday, October 16th. The following Friday, my grandmother passed and it just so happened to be October 16th. It blows my mind the way that Harry has found different ways into my life. When I was lost and confused in high school, Order of the Phoenix was there to hold my hand. There were so many things Harry taught me. Being brave and standing up for what you believe in was definitely something that resonated with me. I grew up so much from watching Harry, Ron, and Hermione grow. I stumbled upon your podcast while Googling Best Harry Potter Podcasts. I listened to the first episode and knew I had found friends. You guys constantly make me laugh. I love hearing your theories and speculating with you. You guys are with me every day on my commute to school or my internship. I end up going into class with a smile on my face and my brain is brain in the right space to learn. I appreciate this podcast so much. I'm glad to be able to listen and be with friends. I'm a fiercely loyal Hufflepuff. Yes! Married to a Ravenclaw. My Patronus is a ragdoll cat. Close to Umbridge's, but thank goodness not exactly. Jealous. <laughs> my wand is Ash, 11 and a half inches, dragon heartstring core, and solid flexibility. My favorite character is Sirius, and honestly, Remus too. Carly, you're awesome. <laughs> my overmorning house is Thunderbird. I love all of you, but special shout out to my fellow Hufflepuff Thunderbird, Katie. Hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're so famous. <laughs> I'm so famous. Oh, my God. Uh, in the uh. immortal words of Lizzie McGuire, you rock, don't ever change. Yeah, Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Persevere, Carly Ferguson. Carly, Goodness what? gracious. How was that yes. not interesting? Yeah, for real. That was an awesome Great. story. Oh, Carly, I love was, you so much. First of all, you write beautifully. That's a beautiful laid out version of your story. Second, Absolutely. I love the bond that you have with your dad. And, like, even though things, you know, life comes and it happens and it makes things difficult, you guys still share that bond. Um, And you let it, you know, infiltrate the rest of your life, too, to help you through a lot of dark times, just like a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out to you, my fellow Hufflepuff and Thunderbird. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, I really, really appreciate your kind words about us, you know, saying that, you know, we're, we're with you every day on your commute and... We set you up, you know, ready to learn. And every time people say that they feel like they're with friends, I want our listeners to know that you genuinely are. Like if you feel, yes, Sarah doesn't count. So if you (sighs) feel like you're a part of this group of friends, you, you are, you absolutely are. So Carly, just honestly, she's, she's so active, um, in our discord she's active with us you know on social media and we appreciate you so much she was one of the people who spent like all day with us during our fundraiser <laughs> like Man. all day she won your painting oh yeah she did <laughs> oh nice a petrus original yeah. <laughs> so thank you carly yeah thank you 
And yeah. I feel like I should say this. If you want to send in your Potter story, because we get these questions, you know, if you've made it this far onto episode 141, you haven't sent it in yet, you can send it Do in it. to... We still take them. Yeah, to swishflickcast at gmail.com. Just make a header, like, fan story, Potter story, anything like that, um, and we'll catalog it, and we just go through them randomly. Yeah. Well, when Katie says we, she's it's all her, so it's we me. don't know how she does it. <laughs> it's me. Magic. Katie. I, Katie picks I, them. I try not to read them um, Same. because I like to be surprised. So every time we get one in our email, I'm like, ah, get out. <laughs> I know. I like that you guys do that. Sometimes I'll, like, skim it. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, some people have made a special request, like, please read this during Goblet of Fire or whenever. Right. And uh, if you want that special request, try to maybe put it in the subject because I try not to really line. read them. Yeah, because I want it to be a genuine surprise while I'm reading and it And we're as well. sorry if that request doesn't happen but we do our best we try i try yeah (laughs) we'll put that on the girls all right you guys ready for for a joke yeah no i like jokes okay i'm a fan of this one i'm a fan of all these because they're dumb and they're the best (laughs) (laughs) katie's got jokes i got jokes all right katie's the queen of dad jokes truth (laughs) what do dementors at azkaban eat souls soul food Aska bananas. Oh. <laughs> I feel like soul food would have been better. That's so bad. Soul food is such a good answer. <laughs> I'm gonna write it next to it. Yeah. No. Soul food. <laughs> it's written forever in here. You know, some good old mac and cheese, fried chicken. I'm just saying. Oh my god. It's the good eats. It's the good eats. Yeah, we need to re- write our own joke book. Yeah, because Azka Bananas. What? Azka Bananas. I mean, sure. I could, there's another funny Azkaban one I could read. No, you gotta save it. Oh, oh but it's so good. Save it. What's wrong with you? <sighs> okay. Did you guys know that we're on social media? Get out oh. of town. Yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, our Facebook page is called Swish and Flick Podcast. If you guys aren't a part of it, you should go and join it because we also have a group. And the group is awesome. If I do say so myself. That group is super awesome. Super <laughs> awesome. All the swishers in there really rock. The group oh. is super awesome. <laughs> We're oh also on gosh. Twitter at Swish Flickcast. Um, if you're interacting with Swish's Twitter, nine times out of ten, you're interacting with Tiffany. So shout out to her. What up? <laughs> um, <laughs> We're also on Instagram at Swish Flickcast. Uh and you can also follow your hosts. So Katie and myself, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Peters Family. Tiffany is on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSwish underscore Flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at Oh, whoa, 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 Mally with three H's. Oh, Mally. It's like those Halloween movies. <sighs> You know what? what I'm talking about in the background. No. Yes. Oh, yes. You don't know oh, what I'm with talking you. about. I'm with you. With like I'm with Myers. you. Yes. No. <laughs> no, I'm not here for that. Um, so if you guys uh, would like to turn on your notifications for Instagram, a lot of the times before we record, we tend to go live. Um, so you can get alerts for that if you follow. Um, and if you love this podcast as much as we love you, and you would like to support us, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. 
Um, you can choose your level to donate to us monthly. It ranges from $2 to $25, and you can sponsor an episode. You can be a guest on the Felix Files. You can get access to our Discord. You can do our monthly hangout, all kinds of fun stuff. So um, check it out if you're interested. Check it out. What's it all about? Harry Potter. I Can I do a really quick shout out before we go to our little like plugs? So um, I wanted to give a shout out to every single person that joined us on our insane live Harry Potter marathon, Katie and I. So we were watching Harry Potter from we hit play at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And watched it until it was like 1230. I yeah. thought it was going to be longer. I thought we were going to be up till 2 a.m., but it was 1230. Um, it was so much fun. You guys were amazing. And we raised $2,000 for the American Cancer Society. So awesome. it was so amazing. Awesome. We got to auction off some of all of our stuff, which is great. Most of it has been shipped. We have a little pile over there that still needs labels. You but have not been forgotten. Yeah, they are en route, except the paintings. We have to figure out how to ship those. But we're getting there. We need boxes. It's kind of difficult because we can't, like go buy boxes but you're not forgotten they are yeah. coming i promise but they are coming and um yeah so two thousand dollars literally the best day ever we played harry potter uno i kicked katie's butt like three times it was oh i'll give you a bell it was true you really it was did. i really did i really did yeah. um and yeah we played that like quidditch game from the wizarding world in orlando and it was difficult for a second but it was super fun once we figured out the rules and we just had a blast so thank I you guys so say, much and i wanted that which i mean did. i did win <laughs> that as well so oh my gosh <laughs> but yeah uh <laughs> thank you guys so much it was amazing cool and thank yep. you for supporting cancer research like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yes. money is gonna help a lot of people. So I told uh, I told Marty what you were doing, and he thought that that was pretty great. Aww. He appreciates things like that a lot, especially since that's what he's doing. You guys are my uh, inspiration to train. So yeah, Marty, Marty. Fun fact: He had a professor in college. Every time they took attendance, they would say his name like that, and he. Hey, so sometimes when I yell for him throughout the house, uh, <laughs> I'll do it like that, and he ignores me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, so me and my life. What am I doing? I'm playing Animal Crossing, playing Pokemon Shield, doing a boxing workout, being a mom, I'm being a dog mom, I'm being a wife, and that's me. Nice. Yep, yep. <laughs> No, but I'm also still doing my dishes every night. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I kept that up for about not. three nights, and then it... Dude, tanked. honestly, though, it just makes me feel so good to have a clean counter space. Yeah, no, it me does too. feel good, but then we just, you know, play Animal Crossing, and then... And then I think, <laughs> why? But... Why do you do this to yourself? Can we talk about Bunny Day? Bunny Day is coming. I'm so excited for Bunny Day to be over because I'm tired of finding eggs everywhere and I want to catch fish again. (laughs) I have to tell you that mm, I was fishing and literally, so I'm on the couch. Alana's in bed. I'm playing Animal Crossing. Marty's reading articles on his phone because that's what he does because he's a dork. And 
I catch this fish. He loves watching me fish. He's like, show me that fish you got. He made me go through my museum. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so cute. I catch an egg, and he goes, I'm so sick of these eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's I was like, dude, playing. you're not even... You're, you're not, not alone. Plane. You're not alone. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired of catching eggs. Can it be Monday? Every time I catch eggs, I also don't want it to be Monday. Um, this makes me want to play Sims. Like, get out my old computer Go and play, play Sims. Sims do dude. Or buy a new one or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do I it. On sale for like I want to buy a new one. Day. I have one on my computer. Go play it. Sims for life. Eh, we'll see. AC for life. I know, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. So that's what so... I'm doing. And I've been organizing my life and um, cleaning out like cabinets and throwing things away and donating things. And it's been it's been awesome. I'm literally we think about this time and a lot of us think about the burdens that come with it. And what I've been focusing on lately is that this is time that I would not have had with my daughter otherwise. And I am completely soaking in every second. And we have become so close. Like literally we do this thing where we'll just look at each other and start like having a giggle fit. She is my little mini best friend and I am having so much fun. And I, I'm just, I'm cherishing this time. This is the blessing that I'm finding out of this this time. Right, right. I like that a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've totally been focusing on just, like, positivity over all of this and, like, how grateful I am to be in my house with my cats and my wife healthy and mm-hmm. able to make money still and, um, like, really in the grand scheme of things, not have a lot change for myself, minus the fact that what I'm doing takes place inside my house now instead, which at the end of the day is fine. Um, and honestly, it's just making me realize how uh, lucky I am to have this time and to realize things in my life that need to change and take action to make those things change. So I am just like super positive about the whole situation. I'm just grateful to be healthy. I'm grateful to, you know, be able to spend time with the people I care about and um, play Animal Crossing, you know, super important. (laughs) So I've been having a blast doing that. And honestly, playing Animal Crossing, like Animal Crossing came out at the perfect time because honestly, it's brought like even friends closer together, right? Like yeah. it's just so much fun. Kate, what about you? <laughs> uh, same. It's just you know, it is like really easy to like. I get overwhelmed. And I want to be honest about it because I know there's people like me out there. Like I get overwhelmed. Like I'm tired of wiping everything down and being so obsessive about washing my hands and being worried. But then on the other hand, there's the moment of like, I uh, I have all this time to spend with Meg. And that's so cool. Like, even during the day, like, we have a different routine now, and I love it. Um, and it really has made me think of, like, what what needs to be the new normal. Um, and I'm taking this time to, like, actually have time to try and work out because that's something I'm passionate about and want to do. And it's hard to do that when you're commuting and worrying about work in a different way. So, yeah, just trying to take all the silver linings out of it. 
Okay. Uh, so Sasa, tell us about you. Um. Oh, geez. I uh, am not doing much of anything. I mean, I'm still going to work. Um, as we all know that I have an essential job. Um, it's just weird right mm-hmm. now. But and then when I'm not at work, I'm at home. Um, and just trying to survive. Some days are better than others, but you all know that. Um, yeah. I got a desk chair, and I got the notification that it's not coming to the end of the month. So hopefully, maybe by the time this has come out, I'll have my desk chair that I want. Um, <laughs> I will say, I may or may not have put a little bit more bleach on my hair this week. Oh my gosh. Sasa. It's fine, I think. I might need to trim it a little bit, but also don't don't be like me. I know what I'm doing. Um, I went to school for this, but you also really shouldn't do your own <laughs> hair. When my hairstylist friends find out, they won't be pleased. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, that's about it. Going when I get stir crazy, I do that. I started watching Ozarks. I don't know if I talked about this yesterday. Um, Chris I'm only in season that. two. He loves it. <sighs> well the yeah, last episode does, of yeah. the first season there was like a scene in it where I literally like had to look away it was like woo I like Marty's or like Tiffany said about Marty I really like Jason Bateman um, yeah a lot and Laura Linney's in it she's cool too um, I did not go to Brown Aveda for school um, I went to Regency it's no longer a thing um, and I had an enjoyable like nine months mm-hmm. um Overtone is a great product to use if you want some color in your hair. Steph, so, do um, it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do paint. But also, if you're not allowed to have color <laughs> in your hair and you have to go to work, like, could be an issue. Um, I did use Overtone stuff, yeah. I've used it before, and I really like Overtone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just living my life. Um. I'm not, I won't cut my hair. I mean, I did trim it just a little bit on the back today because that's, that's a little bit longer than the other side. But, uh, You're a gem. yeah, you know, I'm just trying to this weekend, although when this comes out, it's going to be past Easter. Um, and it's my birthday weekend where we're literally recording. This is the last time I'm recording as a, in my twenties. Um, and that makes me want to vomit a little bit. But, You're blessed to age. Ugh. Got this. Blessed to age. It's an, it's an odd odd time. But literally just a number. It's all based on how you're feeling. Truth. Me, I'm feeling old. Let me tell you. I don't know if I talked about this yesterday when we recorded, but I had to go and pick up a prescription at the pharmacy and I literally hurt my back from walking. Like, I had good shoes on. I didn't walk. I didn't step on something. I didn't, like, roll my ankle. I just was walking. I think I was walking back to my car. And all of a sudden, my back was like, hey, we know your birthday's this weekend. So here's a little love tip from nothing from us. And I'm just like, come on. It feels better today. I will say that. But all day long, it hurt yesterday. Well, an early birthday shout out to Sarah. We hope you have a great birthday. Yeah, birthday. I am I am in a week's time, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, in a week's time. Is there anything else for the greater good? <laughs> nah. Nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that concludes... Let's just see for Sasa oh, and Jesus. Instead of for the greater good, it should be for, like, me and something else with an S. 
or sasa and strawberries i don't know <laughs> for swish and sasa for for sasa for sasa and uh suzanne for sasa and sass for sasa and salsa because i'm getting chipotle and i'm hungry <laughs> i had a fish sandwich for lunch or dinner that i ate whilst you guys were talking <laughs> oh my gosh for hesha and hasa <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Strength. Like that. Oh, I don't know what I want to do. What is you this? Do is this you want. For salsa and sassafras. <laughs> Sarsaparilla. Yeah, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice. <laughs> It's me. I, I feel like I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Okay. I was wondering if after all these years you like for me. Do boomerang. To not be quarantined. Sort of said that wrong. Or said it wrong. Hmm. I'm on a time limit. Because Pop says tonight. We're good. We gotta go. We're good, babe. Okay. We're good. Discord, listen to my silence. <laughs> okay. It's gonna be a crazy night. Mimbulus Mimbletonia no. Alex Zam. What? You're lying. <laughs> oh. Don't say no. I was on a roll. I'm gonna start over. Do it. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.